My name is Mark Vicente. I'm a director, producer, writer, and troublemaker. I'm most known as the director of the film, What the Bleep Do We Know?, and as one of the Nixium whistleblowers featured in the HBO series, The Vow. Let's just say I know a thing or two about cults. I don't consider myself a cult expert, but I'm definitely an expert in being screwed over, waking up, and knowing how to spot them. And let me tell you, they're everywhere. One of my many passions is to help people see patterns of abuse across multiple contexts, from personal, to family, to group, to societal. It's all the same pattern at every scale. I want to arm people with the knowledge to recognize and navigate these kinds of abuses so they can experience true freedom and be their most authentic selves. Along the way, I'm going to touch on psychology, spirituality, consciousness, morality, cults, science, filmmaking, media, and philosophy. You never quite know what you're going to get, as it really does depend on WTF is on my mind. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I wanted to start by telling you that every single time I do a podcast where I'm looking at the camera as I am now on YouTube, I am so hot and sweaty. For some reason, I get nervous when I do these podcast episodes. I think it's the sense that there's like thousands of people out there that I'm talking to and judging by the numbers, there are thousands of people. So I kind of get nervous and I get very hot. So I turn the air conditioning like way, way high. A um, little bit of personal information there. So those of you on my Patreon, uh, my patrons, know that a few weeks ago I, I was you know, surrounded by boxes in an apartment. Um, we were about to move. Bonnie and I have now officially moved into Lisbon, which has been a dream of mine for a long time. We've been living outside of the city. Now we're living in the city. And I think we've gotten to the point that our nervous systems are able to now handle being in a city, you know, with all the traffic and the noises. Because Lisbon can be kind of, you know, medieval in some ways. Somebody was asking me, like, what, um, what's it like? Okay, medieval is probably not fair. Lisbon is like um, Paris and Brooklyn smushed together. Also, it feels a little bit like New York um, many, many years ago when it was much cooler than I think it is now personally. So I'm going to get shit for the medieval thing. I know I am. But understand, like when you're in Lisbon, like people are throwing like water outside of windows and, you know, whatever else outside of windows. And there's just tons of dog shit everywhere on the cobblestone. So it's a little medieval in that way. Um, as I mentioned with Patreon, if you're not subscribed to my Patreon, please do. It helps support what I'm doing. Also, please subscribe um, to this YouTube channel that I'm on. And if you're listening to me on a podcast platform, give me a good review, please. Give me, give me all those five stars. So I wanted to talk a bit about cognitive dissonance. And the reason I bring it up is because people sometimes uh, find it a complex term, a complex idea. You know, people think, well, it has something to do with ignoring information or it's uh, about compartmentalizing things or not, aiming, not able to hold certain things in your mind together. So I, I've been thinking a lot about this as I do obsessively. What is a simple way to understand what goes on in the process of cognitive dissonance and, and you know, in, in cults, relationships, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I came up with this formula. 
I really hope this is not complex. I'm trying to simplify something and I may just be making it more complex. So, you know, stick around, just just, bear with me, bear with me is what I'm trying to say. Let me start by saying that in science, and I mean proper science, like real science, the scientific method, um, there is a discovery that is made. You know, there's a hypothesis of something, then there's experiments that are run, and then there's a discovery that's made. And if you come up with a consistent result time and time again, you know, you can now say, okay, we have this clear hypothesis, and it seems to be, this seems to be the result. And when it gets proven again and again, um, we have what some people love to call consensus. You know, there's a consensus amongst all scientists or most scientists. But, you know, it's important to remember that when it comes to consensus, it's not set in stone. Most scientific discoveries and conclusions get reevaluated over time. Um, and, and eventually many are considered like downright wrong later on. But, you know, everyone's just doing their best. So the scientific method is about arriving at a conclusion. Like you don't know what the conclusion is necessarily. Um, the, the purest method is, you know, you're, you're running experiments to see what will happen and then you get a result and, and, and it's a discovery, you know, it should be a discovery, but there's another way to do it, which is never mind the discovery, you know, screw the discovery. We need a certain answer. That's not science. That's a whole, that's a whole other thing. But I began to look at, you know, what's that formula. And so I came up with, and God, I hope this is not complicated, with y plus r equals a. Y is you. It's, it's us human beings. R is reality or what we do to reality or how we try and change reality. And then equals a is the answer. And so you plus what you do with reality equals an answer. So non-science um, is, is where the person is very, very vested in getting a certain kind of answer um, for whatever reason. You know, it could be a fear, it could be this, it could, whatever reason. And sometimes they're so desperate for the answer to be a certain thing that they feel like they'll die if it's not. You, you know, have you ever felt that way before? I certainly have. So let's take, for example, um, an abusive relationship. So, you know, the answer the person's trying to get, let's, let's say it's, it's a, a woman in, in, the, in a, an abusive relationship with a man who's abusive. The answer she needs to come up with is that he's a good man. So there's her, why, plus reality, which is she, she has evidence that he is abusive. Maybe he hits her. Maybe he withholds from her. You know, maybe it's a whole bunch of narcissistic abuse. But because she needs the answer to be he's a good man, she has to modify reality. So she has to come up with excuses like, well, you know, he's had a rough day or it's been a rough year or he lost his job or whatever it is because she can't look at reality because she has to get the answer, which is that he's a good man. That's the answer she needs. And this could be, you know, whatever sex, you know, in a relationship like this. So here's another example. Let's say, let's take a look at like a doomsday cult. The answer that they need is that this date that they've been given by the leader, let's say it's a date or a year or whatever, has to be right, right? It's some end of the world scenario, whatever it is. Some, the world's going to end on X day because of whatever, whatever, whatever. And so what happens, of course, is that the, the, the time comes and it, and it doesn't end. 
So they have to start to modify their perception of reality. Like, you know, maybe the leader um, helped us switch timelines, you know, or maybe the, the, the leader, because they predicted this thing, they changed, they changed reality, you know? So again, Y plus R, their experience of reality equals the answer. And the answer has to be the leader is always right about doomsday. You know, the doomsday is coming, um, but he's done some changes or she's done some changes to reality. So there's this, these weird machinations that you have to go through. Let's say you're in a cult like that. You have to go through to make sense of why did the world not end on this particular day. Another example is, you know, let's take um, the, the, the whole opioid crisis has been in the news recently a lot. Let's take, you know, something like, you know, like Big Pharma. Um, you know, and the question, let's take opioids. The, the question arises with opioids, you know, is this thing safe? You know, is it dangerous? And the answer has to be, this thing is safe. This is before the news broke. This thing is absolutely safe. And in order to do that, the scientists, why, have to run these experiments. And if they come up with something that's not doesn't match what the company wants, what the company wants, the answer the company wants is, this thing is fantastic. This thing is safe, blah, 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 blah. The risk profile is minimal, whatever, they have to make all these machinations. They have to not do certain experiments, or they have to fudge the results they're getting, or they have to like change stats in some way to make it look better than it is, because the answer that they need from you know the, the massive big pharma corporation is this thing is good for market. And in the, in the case of opioids, it was not at all good for people. But And there's all these reasons why... And this is so interesting, you know, when, it, when you look at like why you need to modify reality or, or the experience of reality, like let's take a scientist, for instance, you know, who's, let's say that they have an amazing, amazing job. They're being paid, you know, shitloads of money. And there's a con the condition that may not be written down, but the condition is that they come up with the answer that is good for the corporation. So in order to not lose their job, not lose their position, not lose their house and car and, you know, private school for the kids or whatever it is, they have to modify reality, modify their perception of reality, modify the, the, the result of these experiments to come up with the right answer. And I think this is kind of common with, with a lot of different people who modify, I think we all modify reality. Let me just put it this way. We all modify reality for different reasons. You know, maybe the truth is too much for our psyche to handle. Maybe we're getting too much good stuff from providing this answer again and again or holding on to this answer because let's say i don't know you're you're a, a scientist of some kind working for a mega corporation and you run you run a test and you realize well that's not true if you go and say that's not true chances are you've lost your job so you have to find a way to make it true so that a the answer is exactly what's needed in in a cult of of whatever magnitude the, the answer you always have to come up with is that the leader is good. That is the answer that's required. So, you know, why you plus reality, which is whatever's going on, has to equal a specific answer. A, which is the leader is good, the leader is wise, the leader is profound, the leader is whatever. And as I said, you have to do these very uh, complex machinations to make it so. And let's say you see the leader doing something, you know, like let's say the, the, you know, everybody says about this leader, well, he or she never raises their voice or 
they never get upset or whatever it is. And then one day you see them get upset. Now, the problem is, so you plus reality, is the reality you see is that they're upset. And the natural answer is they do have outbursts. But you can't have that answer. You must not have that answer. The answer you must have is they're all wise, all loving, all seeing, all that bullshit. So you have to modify reality. You have to modify what you saw. You have to change in your mind what you saw and turn it into something else. And maybe that something else is, you know, and you maybe you've asked questions before and, and somebody said, well, it's because they're, they're trying to help a person in a certain way. So they're raising their voice in order to trigger that unresolved part of that person to bring it up for healing. And you go, oh yeah, that's, that sounds great. And it sounds great to you because A has to be he, she is all loving, wise, seeing all that bullshit. And this is the problem is, you know, you see things that don't make sense. And, and this is, again, re, what you're seeing in, in R, in reality, is you're seeing lots and lots of red flags. But the red flags cannot be there. Because if they are there, you're going to come up with a different answer and you cannot have a different answer for whatever reason. You know, maybe it's because you'll be punished for it. Maybe it's because you don't know anything else anymore. You've been in, in whatever situation so long that you'd lose all your friends, you know, you'd lose your family, you'd lose everything. So A has to, to, to remain concrete. And as I said earlier, that's not the scientific method. That's not a rational method, you know. Um, it would be so good if we could just say, I'm so terrified of the answer being something other than, than what I need it to be that I have to change reality, because at least that is honest. And when I say change reality, you're not changing reality at all. Reality is reality. You're changing your, your perception of it. You're having to erase a bunch of things. You know, like all these red flags are popping up. You have to erase the red flags, you know, turn them, as some people joke, turn them pink or turn them white because God forbid that they're actually red flags. And so, you know, if you scale this up and you look at like, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, leaders of countries, you know, world leaders, whatever it is, it's the same thing. The, the, you know, your guy or your gal needs to be good. So, you know, if you're in this, this us versus them paradigm, um, your guy needs to be good, their guy needs to be bad. So the answer has to be, A has to be, he's an asshole. He's a this, he's a that, he's a whatever. So you need to change reality. And so let's say... On, on the other side, you, you see something on the other side, you know, and you say that thing that, that he did, which might just be completely innocuous, maybe. It has to be turned into something uh, bad. You have to sort of import some ulterior motive into that event so that you get the answer, which is he's bad, he's evil, he's an asshole. Now, when it comes to, to, to your guy... It's different. Your guy, what you need, the, the A needs to be he's good, he's this, he's going to take care of us, he's going to change the world, change the economy, change the whatever, whatever, whatever. And so you see things that are like, let's say he's, um, I don't know, let's say the guy stands up and, and he's very cruel or he does some, some insane, makes some insane law that's just like, what the fuck is he doing? You have to erase that. You have to 
find a reason why that's good. Let's let's say, I don't know, some leader does something, you know, your guy does something that's like extremely draconian, you know, or very authoritarian. You can't let that that be the case. You have to change it so that it's not draconian, so that it's not authoritarian. You have to find some way to make it good that it's that way. There, there has to be a good reason so that the answer is this guy is good because God forbid you look at just the, the pure evidence and you go, holy shit, that is an authoritarian decision or that is a draconian decision. And it reminds me, I think I've told um, this story on the podcast before, but in South Africa at a certain point in the 80s, all those kinds of words were banned um, from the newspaper. You know, you weren't allowed to use authoritarian, draconian. It was really, really fascinating. And there were some people in, in the country that thought, well, that's good. And a, a lot of, I mean, myself and my friends were like, holy shit, this is really fucking bad, you know. But it's interesting. I think in every society, um, people prop their leaders they want to believe in up to such heights that they have to ignore all the shit that they're actually doing. And it got me thinking about the story, um, the emperor has no clothes, because I think what happens is when the answer needs to be our guy is good, our guy could be naked, but we're going we're gonna to buy into the belief that he's got this beautiful fabric on when he's like butt fucking naked, you know? It's just really fascinating, this, this, whole, this whole formula. So again, why, which is you, us, plus reality, which is, not, which is not necessarily reality, it's what we do with reality, has to equal A. This to me is something I've been thinking about as like one of the really simple ways to explain what happens with cognitive dissonance, what happens with denial, why people can't take in evidence. And sometimes, by the way, the evidence is extraordinary. You know, sometimes uh, some story will break in the news where something gets, gets exposed and it's right there, like right there in front of everybody. And the people that are vested in <clears throat> the answer being a specific thing, like our guy would never do that, have to do something with that information. And by the way, anybody who talks about that information, and that's as I, I, I mentioned with cults, you know, you get cold names like suppressive or this or that or the other, you have to be discounted because the best way to discount what you're saying is to discount you completely. So reality has to be shifted. That thing you're saying doesn't exist. And in fact, you are actually bad for saying it. So that's what's been on my mind a lot. Uh, I hope that formula makes sense. And if it doesn't, just let me know and I'll find different ways to say it. I'm obsessively thinking all the time about what are the ways to explain why do we take clear evidence, like clear reality that's right in front of us and have the need to modify it. And I, keep, I, I really feel strongly that it has to do with because we need a certain answer. That, that answer has to be a certain way or frankly, we're fucked. And so we'll do literally anything to change reality. We'll just make shit up sometimes to, to make it a certain way or we'll just literally like an ostrich, like stick our heads in the ground. So as I said, that's what's been on my mind a whole bunch. Um, I am about to head off um, to do the final few weeks of shooting for Empathy Not Included. Very excited about that. And there'll be a lot more news coming out about that. 
as I said at the beginning, please um, give me good ratings if on YouTube, you know, subscribe, et cetera, et cetera. And again, if you'd like to follow me more closely and get an insider look into all the things I'm doing, uh, please follow me on Patreon as well. I would really appreciate it. And as always, stay curious. Stay curious.